want to proclaim Psalm 24 over us this morning. This is something I've been reading all week long. So with your hands out, maybe just stick your hands open. Posture of reception this morning. I think there's something beautiful in our physical posture often. I want to just proclaim Psalm 24 over us this morning. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. You are the Lord's. Everything in the earth is the Lord. Every living thing is the Lord. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. That shows his majesty, his power, his rule, his reign. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him. I'm praying this morning for a generation of people that would seek the face of God, seek Him in His holy place, seek the Lord. And He promises us that if we seek Him with all of our heart, we will find Him. We will find him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will, not might, you will find him. You will find him. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up today. If your head is down, if if your head or your heart posture is down, lift it up today. Lift it up today. You ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The Lord is offensive. He is strong. The gates of hell cannot stop it. You know why there are gates? Because the the enemy is in a posture of being on the defensive. Because the Lord is offensive. He's moving. He is going forward. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Today, enter King glory. Enter into this atmosphere. When we gather together as a body, this is a sacred space, a sanctified space, because we gather in alignment. I pray that today, if it's your first time, first of all, welcome. But I want you to encounter the presence of the Lord. That you walk away and go, what was that? What was that? Lord God, would you align our hearts today? Break the ground of our calloused heart. Break the ground of our calloused heart. Spirit, pour yourself out on dry land. Smear salt on our lips. May we thirst for you, God. I'm praying for a culture of hunger. A culture of desperation, not just in our community, but in my own soul, in my own heart. As someone who's trying to follow the way of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your presence this morning. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Say hello to a person beside of you.
So good to see you this morning. Um, let me go ahead and tell you this ahead of time. That today, you can keep playing, it's all right. We're getting charismatic today. Sorry. Sorry. It's all good. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Okay. Um, today is going to be a little bit different. And sometimes the Spirit of the Lord does things throughout the week where he kind of shifts gears and you're like, okay, what do I do with that? So if it is your first time, um, this is a little bit of a different type of gathering for us. So just give us some grace, okay? Um, we'll give you a lot of grace, I promise. Just give us some grace. Um, we've been in this teaching series called In My Feelings, looking at emotionally healthy spirituality. Fantastic book by an incredible leader named Peter Scazzaro of a church in uh, New York called New Life Fellowship, where he explores the idea of emotional maturity. You know, we are holistic people, social beings. We are uh, thoughtful beings. We are physical beings. We are also emotional beings. And for us to grow in our spiritual maturity, we have to also grow in our emotional maturity as well. Some of us may be 25 or 35 or 45 years old, but emotionally we're like an infant. We're cold, we're quick, triggered, we're sarcastic. We need others to care for us. We haven't grown in emotional maturity. And the Lord is calling us in transformation which in the New Testament, the word transformation in the Greek is metamorpho, which means metamorphosis. The Lord wants to transform you so that you don't even look the same any longer from the inside out. Today's teaching was supposed to be on how to grow into an emotionally mature adult, not chronologically, but spiritually. How do you grow up? How do you mature emotionally? Because in case you didn't know, you're not the only one in the room. M. Scott Peck, who's a psychologist, psychiatrist, he says that we are born narcissists. And our journey away from narcissism is at the heart of the spiritual journey. It's a heart bent outward. It is a heart that was once bent inward, now bent outward. And one of the things I love about King Jesus, as we see him walk through his life, is he does something so well. And that is he loves people well. And I'll be honest, family, an inspirational talk today is not going to cut it. An inspirational talk challenging you to love others well, challenging you to live selfless is not going to cut it. You've got to practice. You've got to develop tools. You need to look at the rhythm and the cadence of Jesus to see how he moves and interacts through his journey with people. My prayer is that you just practice the presence of God, but that you practice the presence of people. Those two can't be separated. The entire journey of a follower of Jesus can be summed up in this, and that is to love the Lord, our God, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. And if I'm honest, I think in our culture, we have an anemic theology of love where it seems as though tolerance is the ceiling listen family in the way of Jesus tolerance isn't the ceiling radical sacrificial love is the ultimate that is the way of the cross that is the way of Jesus in Matthew chapter 20 I just wanted to read a couple of verses and then we're going to get back into worship and we're going to have a time for you to come receive 
that's what we're going to do today. I hope you're okay with it. I pray you get blessed today. You encounter the presence of the Lord. So Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho. Remember that song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Y'all didn't do vacation Bible school growing up? And the walls came tumbling down. Kind of an eerie tune, honestly, you know. Kind of eerie. Verse 29, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. This is normal. Large crowds ooh and awed at Jesus, but it did not always want to pick up their cross and follow him. They followed the miracles. They didn't follow him necessarily. They followed the ooh and the ah, but he is calling us to follow a person. Okay? Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord. Notice they're already calling him Lord. Already calling him Lord. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. How many of you have passed somebody in the street downtown, in our community, at a grocery store, and they're crying out to you, they're they're asking for something, money, help, something, and you just bat an eye. You just turn ahead. This is what's happening here. And better yet, not better yet, the crowd actually rebukes them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And then something radical happens. It says, Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. For some of us today, I want you to understand Jesus has stopped and has looked you dead in the eye to the heart of your soul and says, come home. This isn't just about a physical ailment. This is about a sickness of the soul. And he looks at you in the heart, in your eyes, in the deepest longing of your being and says, come home. vast difference between being a friend and being family. Because when you're friends, your love is based on common interest and common alignment of things that you enjoy. You're typically friends with people who you look a lot alike. I come across some guys, I see them, they dress well, they got some swaggy outfit on. I'm like, what's up, dude? I like this guy. He could be my friend, right? I see somebody with a Cubs hat on, I'm like, oh, you're definitely my friend. But to be family is to be in relationship with people who are different than you. Different thought processes, different background, different ethnic background, different race, different socioeconomic status, different age. That's what it means to be family, to journey together. And guess what? You don't always like your family members. But you sacrificially love them. You sacrificially give yourself to them. So Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. I believe without a shadow of a doubt today, Jesus is looking at you and saying, what do you want me to do for you? What is it? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Another powerful thing happens. Jesus had compassion on them. 
notice he doesn't jump right to the healing. He is first moved in the original language. It means he is moved to his stomach, into his bowels, literally. He is moved in his stomach with compassion for these people. You get that? It's a, it's a verb. It's an action. We move with compassion. The Greek word is a verb. He is moved with compassion towards people. And guess what? Today, he is moved with compassion to your soul. He is moved with compassion to your story, to your circumstance. He's moved with compassion. And he touches their eyes. Immediately, they receive their sight and followed him. Notice he doesn't give an invitation to follow, which he's known to do. He doesn't give an invitation. He touches them. He has compassion on them. He stops. He's moved toward them. And immediately they follow him. Why? Was it because they were healed? I don't think so. Because when someone does something that's unnormal in such a loving way like that, typically you want to repay them in some way. But you're not thinking about spending 24-7 with them. They're moved because they want to be with this guy. They want to be around this guy. They want to be with this guy, Jesus. He is Lord. To love well is the core of what it means to be a follower of the way of Jesus. In the great commandment, to love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. It's called the Jesus Creed. Dr. Scott McKnight calls it the Jesus Creed. The word love there is agapao, which is the verb tense of agape. It is sacrificial love. It is a love that is giving, given when there is no expectation of love to be given back. That is the way of Jesus. Agapao. Not a love that's given with an expectation of love in return or tolerance as the ceiling. We go beyond. Because here's what I'm learning, friends and family. I'm learning that Jesus unconditionally loves everyone. We see that in the gospel. And yet so many people don't love Jesus. You and I aren't the center of the room. The moment when you realize that's the moment when you're set free and liberated. Today, God wants to move towards you to empower you so that you can turn and move towards others in your emotional maturity. I pray against negativity, cynicism, sarcasm, passive aggression. That's the teaching for today.